we continue our discussion of a tenth objection that has been raised in connection with the question, what do we know about the truthfulness of God from the Bible? If any contradictions or inconsistencies can be established against the definite teachings of the Bible, it becomes a reflection against the truthfulness and consistency of God, since Bible writers affirmed that God spake through them. If the Bible, and particularly the New Testament, affirms that in salvation our past, present, and future sins are all judicially dealt with at once so that there are no further conditions of salvation after the one act of faith, then a problem of consistency exists, since the Bible most evidently affirms that there are conditions to be met to sustain our relation to God and our salvation. We as true Christians must do what Barnabas exhorted the Christians at Antioch to do. Upon his arrival there, as we read in the 11th chapter of Acts, verses 23 and 4, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord. So here the grace of God was so manifested that Barnabas's heart was filled with joy, but he still exhorted them that there were conditions to their salvation. This condition was that with purpose of heart they should cleave unto the Lord. This was a happy condition. The Lord had come in and forgiven their sins and restored them to the wonderful grace and life of God. So let us continue our reading of New Testament passages to establish this proposition that there are future conditions to the salvation of our souls as true Christians. We turn to John chapter 15 and we read verses 2 and 6. Verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. The Lord Jesus is speaking. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 6, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Certainly this indicates that if we do not abide in Christ, our loving Savior, and if we persist to reject his overtures of kindness and mercy and the endeavors of the Holy Spirit to restore us, there is no remedy except to be cast forth as a branch and to be withered and to go to that place of eternal torment. In Romans chapter 11, verses 20 to 22, we read, Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, referring to the nation Israel. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, 
but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise thou also shall be cut off. What could be more obvious than this? Because of Israel's disobedience, they were set aside as a nation. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true body of Christ, those in relationship to the Savior, are grafted in, so to speak, into the wonderful uh, life of God. But in this happy state, we are not to be high-minded, but fear and abide in God and in the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 25 to 7, the apostle Paul is speaking concerning himself. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. This word castaway is the word reprobate. It appears in 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5 and 6. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. So the Apostle Paul uh, practiced the continuance of rejecting the undesirable pathways that his own nature inclined him to and continued in the grace of God, lest after his wonderful spiritual experiences and his victories by the grace of God, he too should be hardened in his own heart and should be reprobated or disapproved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, we read, Moreover, brethren, I declared unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. So here we again have another condition. If ye continue in the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 1 and verses 21 to 23, we read this positive assertion. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So by the grace of God we shall be presented unblameably and unreprovable in his sight, if we continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and if we're not moved away from the glorious hope of the gospel by the many temptations and solicitations about us. Here then, from the apostles' writings, is a positive declaration that there is a future conditionality to salvation. We turn to the third chapter of Hebrews.
where in verses 12 to 15 we read, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. What could be more explicit than this solemn passage? That we, by the grace of God, have been brought into a wonderful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But we are not beyond the approach of temptation, and we are to be watchful and take heed and exhort one another as fellow Christians, lest we should be hardened by the deceitfulness and the approach of temptations from many angles. In the sixth chapter of Hebrews, verses 4 and 6, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Notice the tremendous spiritual experiences described in this passage. Here they were enlightened. Here they had tasted of the heavenly gift. Here they were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. This is certainly what the Lord Jesus promised should happen in true and genuine salvation. And they had tasted the good word of God. And they had had such a spiritual regeneration that they experienced the powers of the world to come. Certainly this is a profound description of elevated spiritual experience. But look here. If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. This solemn passage does not describe ordinary backsliding. It describes the danger of ultimate persistence in the ways of sin contrary to all the maneuvers and kindnesses of the Holy Spirit of God as he seeks to bring us back to that place of happy submission. When we as true Christians fall into a state of disobedience, reject the light of God and the light of the Word of God, we lose our happy conscience toward God. Paul affirmed that the manner of his life was to maintain always a void of offense in his own conscience toward both God and man. This was the happy state. But if we as true Christians who have been made partakers of the Holy Ghost depart into this state of resistance and rebellion against the truth of God, the Holy Spirit persists and pursues to bring his wonderful truth to bear upon our hearts so that we may return in repentance, be forgiven, be restored to the happy favor of God. But if we refuse the light of God's word, the prayers of our fellow Christians, the petitions that are offered up in our behalf, and the kindnesses of the Holy Spirit as he seeks to awaken us from our state, 
there is a danger that the time will come when we will have gone too far beyond the pale of God's patience and that if this instance comes then it's impossible to again renew unto repentance that is the instance of apostasy but the tragedy is that we may never realize how close we are in a state of disobedience to the termination of God's kindness and patience. But we must continue this reading in our next visit. Our Heavenly Father, we give thee praise and thanks for the honesty of thy word and for its kind, loving warnings. And we wonder at the necessity of these warnings. But alas, such is the deceitfulness of sin. And now we pray that many may respond to thy kindness, uh, give their hearts to thee in repentance, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ be forgiven, and go on through life to serve thee with diligence and with happiness, and to cleave unto thee, Lord Jesus, in thy precious name. Amen.